boys and girls I'm your substitute teacher mr. Tinman and our first assignment today is what you want to be when you grow up so we're gonna go around the room you over there with the afro puffs what do you want to be when you grow up um, I'm thinking about a hairstylist or like a designer those are some pretty good professions and you over there in the Marlins jersey, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a baseball player. Oh, that's a pretty awesome profession as well. And you over there sitting there with a tiara. What would you like to be when you grow up? I want to be a DJ. Oh, that's a pretty crafty profession. And you, back there with the bus saw dreads. What would you like to be when you grow up? Uh, I, I want to be a motherfucking soldier. You better ask somebody. Hi, T. And welcome back to another edition of the My Team Sports Podcast. I am your host, the one and only talent, Omar Taylor. It's another beautiful day down here in South Florida, folks. It is November 4th, and I know you're wondering, like, wait, whoa, 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 it's a Monday. Yep, folks, I know you're wondering, like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is an oddball day for you to be doing a live podcast or a podcast in general. Well, guess what, folks? Guess what, folks? Can somebody sound the alarm? Can somebody sound the alarm? Can somebody sound the alarm? Because you know what we call this? We call this a special edition episode, folks. So if you're listening to this right now, then guess what? Special edition episode, special edition, special edition. It's, it's one of them days. So, we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about today. I mean, I mean, we had a big fight week going on. We got week nine of the NFL re- results going on. We had WWE's crown jewel, and we got some people that's about to miss some games. And we only halfway through the week, and we're going to have enough to talk about in the next two days. So, you know what I say. Regardless of the time. Take that, take that, take that. And regardless of the weather. Don't fuck with me, don't fuck with me. Don't fuck with me, don't fuck with me. It's always a good time to talk some sports. So. Let's start talking. My T Sports. Woo! Back at it like a sports fanatic. I'm telling you, B. I could even wait 
to honestly give you the podcast th- today to tell you uh, to, like, to 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 de- deliver this to you because you know what some things happened yesterday I witnessed some some, some stuff and and and, I, and I'm telling you I'm really trying to compose myself right now as as I as I have to relive this horrific event that I went through experience that I went through yesterday right and we talked about it we talked about it for for weeks leading up to here and right here on the podcast right yes folks I had my worst fear come true but you know what you know what's odd you know what's odd we ain't even gonna start the podcast like that we ain't even gonna start the podcast like that we are actually gonna talk some basketball because it don't matter what happened last night the night of the podcast as we were live and still doing it on an, and as soon as we came off the air some things went uh, down and what i mean some things went down report <laughs> tell him again the mighty injury report <laughs> Should have grabbed another beer. This week starts off with, with a little bit of, of of insult to injury moment, right? After, shortly after our last airing, we start watching Phoenix take on Golden State for a couple of reasons, right? As a, as we now see a black cat on the field for. The Giants Cowboys game, and I don't know who this is gonna be bad luck for. I don't know why this must be. I'm really hoping this must be like one of the players' pets because why is somebody bringing their pet to the stadium? Is ridiculous. And now it's gonna now watch nobody is nobody's really gonna try to catch that. It's gonna take pest control to come and to come and get this done. There we go. There we go. Somebody released a hound. Let's go. Oh, great. There's nobody chasing it yet. But it is definitely running around the field. And it's taking away everybody's it's taking away everybody's attention, as it is ours, because it's stopping the action. And, folks, they're trying to get this cat to run naturally off the field. And they kind of just did. They just kind of let it off the field, folks. Kind of trapped it, pointed it in the area. And it went through the tunnel, and now everybody's cheering, and they can, can resume play. The Giants have the the Giants have the ball, and right now, folks, we didn't pick the Giants to win the game. No, sorry, Bob, we did not. But the Cowboys are looking like they may want to be swept by New York teams this year. They only got one more team to play after today, and the, and right now, this game ain't looking too great. But we'll keep you updated as we continue into the podcast. So let's get back into what we were talking about. I'm sorry. The kitty cat distracted all of us. So let's go into let's go into a little, little something so that we can start getting the people what they want. So during our last airing, or shortly after our last airing, right, we were able to watch Phoenix watch play Golden State for a couple of reasons, right? Because we've been wanting to see how Phoenix has, has been playing out this year. We, we, we know how we've kept an eye on Phoenix and that whole entire... Uh, 
and, and Phoenix and that whole entire Devin Booker situation, excuse moi. You know what I mean? Notorious P.I.G. sometimes. Huh. <laughs> so, we actually get a really good game for a portion of the game. Because Phoenix has been playing hard. And as we know, this is what, bless me. And this is, as you know, Golden State Warriors have been going through their ups and downs. Yeah, they beat who like they beat the Pelicans the last time we we spoke, but we weren't giving them too much props for that victory because eh, it's the freaking Pelicans for Christ's sakes. Like like what you want a cookie? So next things next thing that comes up is that as they're getting beat, and trust me, they were being beat. Listen. Phoenix beat them 121 to 110. And this game was a whole lot worse than this at, at a certain point in time. And what made matters worse, what made matters worse, because you may have already forgotten of how we even got to this topic because of the whole cat situation and us doing a live break into the Giants and Dallas game. But you forget, we started off this segment by telling you the mighty injury report. <laughs> I hope you let that one simmer and jog back your memory because that's what that's what we're doing here and what happened there was that Stephen Curry went up as he does after a little bit of razzle and dazzling with the ball next thing you know as he's coming down right he, he lands but he gets tripped up and he falls and as he falls one of these big blokes, I think his name is Barnes or something, Baines, maybe even, for Phoenix, lands on his arm, hits him with the, hits him with the, with, with the Baszler. Kelly Blaze is a Baszler? Kelly Baszler? The NXT, the NXT Women's Championship? Champion? But look like one of those, hit him with one of those. Next thing you know, elbows going one way, wrist going the other way, with Stephen Curry's holding his wrist. Like he just came back from a jack-off marathon. And he's over here talking about like, yo, coach, take me out. You got to cut me, Mick. I'm out. I'm done. I can't see. Let's see, you know, we find out that Stephen Curry is out now with a broken bowl in his metal, in his metal carpool. I'm not going to over here sit there like I can remember which, which, middle, which that was. If it was the middle finger or the pointer finger, but it's one of those fingers in the bone. One of those two bones, specifically. So, that's exactly what you think that is. This isn't a light show today. This is a, this is a recovery kind of show today. I told people at work that if you didn't see me at work today, it means that I'm not coming in because something happened. And I'm recovering and depressed. And that's part of the reason why we have a makeshift podcast today. Because, you know what? I'm kind of recovering. And I'm kind of depressed. And I don't know 
what to think about one of my teams right now, which is really making me question my other team. And if it wasn't for the fact that I at least have one consistent team, that one team that does something consistently, whether it's making the playoffs or winning the championship at least, you know what I mean? That I can at least feel some type of way. And even other team we didn't even talk about, right? We didn't talk about the Yankees, did we? No, because for us, for us Yankee fans, and we'll probably talk about this Wednesday when we have our special, when we have when we have our first guest of the season, right? But for us Yankees fans, like it's playoff or bus. I mean, it's I mean, it's World Series or bus. So when you come up shorter than the World Series, we ain't gonna talk about you. You fail, B. We don't talk about fails on the show. But a different situation comes about now because with Golden State, you're like, oh, damn, Golden State is down. Well, Golden State is going to be bad now. For a while, we thought that, listen, once you get, and we knew it was going to be a struggle with D'Angelo Russell there. D'Angelo Russell isn't Klay Thompson. Harrison Barnes isn't Klay Thompson. If this team would have been Harrison Barnes, Stephen Curry, and Draymond Green, you'd probably be looking the same exact way. And I bring it up for a reason. We never said that. We never said that D'Angelo Russell was the piece while Klay Thompson was gone. It was saying that it'll be the piece that once Klay Thompson comes back, that he'll be better than Harrison Barnes. Once things start, to, once he starts to flow into this offense, he starts to get himself familiarized. He starts to get into the flow of things. Now, that's not really going to happen. There is going to be no real flow of things. There is going to be no real coming back. To be honest with you, like this team was gonna, was looking bad to begin with, and they're gonna look and they're gonna look even worse now with the fact that they don't have Stephen Curry now to to be to be the right of this shit. Because now they're not gonna win any of these games. Like to be honest with you, they're not gonna win any of these games, and they may end up being like, they may end up being the San Antonio Spurs of the past that did bad enough to get, to get Tim Duncan. Or let's not just talk about the person or the team because it didn't pan out, and they didn't get a Hall of Fame player. But let's but let's not rem let's not forget, shortly after coming up a championship year, Dwayne Wade and them get. Michael Beasley off of a Dwayne Wade injury in Miami. So this could be one of those things along that along that same guideline where you're talking about this period qualifying for one of the top draft picks in the NBA this year because of how bad you guys are. Now initially we thought they'll they'll be with Stephen Curry and the rest of the squad healthy, just waiting for Klay Thompson to come back, that they would have been good enough to make themselves a playoff contender. And then we know how close it is between six and ten. If they would have kept themselves anywhere focusing around there, just constantly going back and forth between the ten and six spot. By the time Klay Thompson come back and worked himself in there, we thought that they were probably gonna get that six spot. And then they would have, and that's when they would have had their first round upset against a team probably like Denver or, or Utah or something. If it would have stand right now, we would have been talking about that six spot being the Clippers. But we know that's not where the Clippers are probably going to finish at. But if it would have been the Clippers, it would have been bad. That's not the kind of matchup that you're going to want for Klay Thompson to have to come back and prove himself in. But now with Clay, but now with Clay Thompson out, not slated to come back until late this season. Stephen Curry out, not slated to come back until probably the time Clay Thompson comes back. You're talking about why even have these boys come back at the 
in this season. If maybe what the last the month last month of the year, maybe April, you bring them both back just to get the, just to get a little flow of the game. But at that point in time, do you really want to ruin your draft pick? If you're Golden State, and it look and it looks like you're gonna be a top seven lottery pick, why ruin it? Why winning games at the end of the year that don't matter? Just to get these guys these flow, you know what? I say no. Nah. If that's the case, you keep them out and you play them in preseason next year. Heavy dosage. You get this team back together right. This is going to be a big year for Steve Kerr. We get to see how much of a coach Steve Kerr really is. Because, <clears throat> see, everything's all fine and dandy. When you're given an already made squad. That somebody already built the foundation. Somebody else already built the team. Somebody else literally already did the legwork. And as you're getting better and better, then they bring in hot spark plug from out of you know what I mean from outside the company with the good motivational talker. You know what I mean? To help boost sales for the next five years. But now all of a sudden. All of those foundational pieces that was built up before then, right? All of those foundational pieces that was built up before then, when all of those guys are gone, or even when some of the other star talent that you recruited from another company leaves, right? Now you really start to say, hey, can you develop anybody? Because one thing we have that Steve Kerr has not really had to do is really help develop these guys. What he has helped, though, is help them get be focused and understand what a championship mentality is. But who did he really develop? Draymond Green's game hasn't really gotten any better. He just has days where he focuses better. Stephen Curry, are we going to say that Well, however much Stephen Curry may have progressed over the last five years, that that's because of Stephen Kerr? Steve Kerr? Or is that because of the hard work that Stephen Curry has already been putting in as a son of an NBA player and one of his coaches being Mark Jackson? An actual point guard that affected the game because he had, when he had the ball in his hand. Not a deferrer. Not just the spot-up shooter. Because if anything, Steve, what, Steve Curry, what, was that best to Clay Thompson in the scenario? At best? A very, 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 very poor man's Clay Thompson in a scenario. So, let's not act like... So, this is going to be a, now a test to me, to Steve Kerr. Let's see if Steve Kerr can develop a player. Let's see if he can develop anybody. He has, like, he has a decent amount of young talent as Dallas just runs the ball. And it looks like this game is now 9 to, t nine to 12. That's a long run, too. Was that an interception? Nope, that Prescott's on the field. That was a 42-yard touchdown reception to Blake Jarwin. That's what that was. Let's see if they go for the extra point if they go for two. If they go for the extra point, then listen, a field goal puts them ahead in the next play. On their next offensive, the next offensive trip down the field if they can. Look at that. Caught the, caught the ball on the move. Caught it low. Got some good blocking. Actually, there was some shady. There was some. There was some really horrific tackling by the Giants. 
some turnstile tackling, some stand in, just stick my arm out and watch you pass me kind of tackling. Extra point is good. This game is now 10-12 Giants with 52 seconds left to go in, this, in, the, in the first half. Steve Kerr's going to have to prove to us that he can coach now for this year because just like some of these other coaches or these other other coaches, other scenarios where we say, listen, just because you lost your best player, just because you lost this, doesn't all of a sudden mean that, oh, the, the tide should fall. You know what I mean? The wheel should fall off of your ship. At, because if we look at Doc Rivers last year, after he had lost Chris Paul, after he had lost Chris um, Blake Griffin, and we thought his team was going down. And we said, oh, no, country, Monfrey. You need, a, you, you need to show up with some talent. You show me who on that Clippers team outside of maybe Lou Williams. And I'm, and I'm pretty sure there's a comparable piece to Lou Williams in Golden State. Basically, somebody that can give you 20 points consistently a game. Because we seen that guy do it last year and become an all-star. And that's D'Angelo Williams. So, you can't tell me that there's not a comparable piece that is not a comparable team that they have this year to the team that, that the Clippers had last year to say that Golden State can't be coached up to be a contender. You still got Draymond Green, champion, all-star. You got, and I'm not saying that they should. I'm just saying there's no excuse for them to lose. So understand what I'm saying here. Don't 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 understand. Don't don't listen to this whole thing. Understand and think that oh, I'm saying that, oh, Golden State. Gonna stay there, winner, like they're a champion. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm, no, 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 no. What I'm saying is that they should be held accountable. They should not be excused just because you lost Clay Thompson and stuff. I know those are two good pieces, those are two great pieces. But are you telling me that with everybody that Steve Kerr has now, Steve Kerr? I'm sorry, what you've been? You've been a head coach now for five good years now. You got how many championships on underneath your underneath your underneath your your, your underneath your resume? How, you know, you understand? Now let's see how much of a coach you really are. Let's see what you can do when your team isn't already built for you with with the Splash Brothers. When you're not handed that because now the Splash Brothers are all there with low tide sitting on the bench. Let's see if you can coach Steve Kerr. Let's see what you do when it's just Draymond. And D'Angelo Russell. Let's see what happens when you're not gifted Kevin Durant, who didn't even like you, but came there for some reason. Didn't even vibe with you, but stayed for a little bit, stayed a little bit longer than he probably wanted to. Let's see if Steve Kerr is anything remotely close to what we, to the kind of credit he has been given over these last couple of years. Or has he really just been a great motivational piece for already built team that 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 Mark Jackson did all of the legwork, all of the blood, sweat, and tears for, and yet this guy can't get a job while there's a coach in New York named named named, named Thisdale that I understand. Like, like, do, do we go right in here? Are we still in, are we still talking basketball? What we we still talking basketball, right? We still talking basketball. So 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 you know what? We're still talking basketball, and, and I don't I don't want to get in, I don't want to get there. Yet, but Knicks fans, Knicks fans, I understand what you're saying, but bear with me here. We're gonna take a quick break. We already passed our first break time period, and we still in the first. We still in the first block. You know what? 
we just gonna talk all basketball. We're gonna finish off the game of football. That and more. Nobody sports podcast. Boop. Tired of being ripped off by those other guys? Then head down to Multivest Games and get the value you deserve. Multivest. Find them at 830 183rd Street, Miami Gardens, Florida, 33169. Located just five minutes from Tootsie's and Sun Life Stadium in the plaza across from Snappers. Multivest Games. Save more, play more. Tired of being ripped off by those other guys? Then head down to Multivest Games and get the value you deserve. Multivest. Find them at 830 183rd Street, Miami Gardens, Florida, 33169. Located just five minutes from Tootsie's and Sun Life Stadium in the plaza across from Snappers. Multivest Games. Save more, play more. And oh, oh! With 29 seconds left in the game. The Giants trying to march down the field to see if they get themselves some quick points before the end of the half. Love Jones is intercepted by the, by the, by the Dallas Cowboys. And the Dallas Cowboys are probably going to take a knee. Depending on that field position, right? They either may just take a knee and just ride us into the half, or they may try to do what the Giants was just trying to do against them. And that's ear the ball out and trying to get themselves some easy points before the half start. But folks, we're going to take this excitement and we're going to go right into some other exciting moments that happened into the NBA as soon as we got off the air last week, Wednesday. Because as Curry was over there breaking his hands, we had players from the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Philadelphia Eagles trying to break each other's jaws. Yeah, folks, I said it. There was a rumble in Philly, folks. And if you know how the old rock about Boa go movie goes, it doesn't end until somebody else. God, Christ sakes, you're gonna kill him. <laughs> so call Anthony Townsend, Joel Embiid. They both get injected for what ends up being a scuffle between the two. They were in close proximity. The punches that was thrown by the two, by, 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 by both players ended up being more of them catching each other, swinging each other around, doing a little bit of wrestling. Ben Simmons hops on, hops on, on top of Cat Williams, right? Um, he, they, he, it looks like a choco. It looks like he had him more secured around the neck and was patting him on the chest. We don't know, really know what it is. All we know is that, is that Cat Williams looked like he tapped out, but he don't know if he was actually being choked out or or he could have just been trying to get up and then realize, oh, okay, okay, this is my dude. This is my dude. Get the fuck off me. Like, no homo. Like, I, I think I can feel your penis on my ass. Pause. So, they get into a little, you know, skerfuffle. Right? Both players are ejected for two games. Embiid and... Uh, are suspended for two games as they are ejected from that game. Embiid and... And, and Call Anthony Towns. As Call Anthony Towns have been balling, we, told, we showed you how... Call Anthony Towns last week when we went through the stats. How Call Anthony Towns was 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 one of the league leaders in, in in points and I believe rebounds and something else if I'm not mistaken. The Call Anthony Towns has been sitting out there doing his thing as of late, but Joel Embiid literally just owned real estate in his head. And when they went to Twitter afterwards, they were able to prove a little bit more of the real estate that they own that that he owned in his head. As listen, as they went back and forth, Call Anthony Towns. 
Calling to the Towns brought up a picture of Joel and B grinding the second round. Joel and B was like, you never even been in the second round. I said, why is your mom over here giving me the finger? Yo, I got a finger that your mom's could sit and spin on. You know what I mean? Thick, thick, thick remix like a DJ. I'm just saying, hear them with one of those records. And that was about it. Some people like it. Some people love it. Me, I really don't care. I actually like to see that little altercation. Once again, I, I, I come from a sports fan place. Well, listen, we, we live in a world where, where we want sports and sports entertainment. So as much as we want to see you play on the field or the court or whatever you do, we also want to see a little bit of that entertainment. Well, that's what I call WWE sometimes the best show the best show out there because they'll give you all of the backstory stuff. They'll give you they'll give you all oh, the guy, this guy doesn't like that guy. Now we actually get some of this. And because of Twitter, we actually get to see that interaction. And also not for nothing, in an era of a in of, of a world where it grows up in 2K, you actually even get that interaction between players in 2K built into the games. So players are gonna come in there and probably talk a little bit smack before and after games. And if that's gonna be the case then I love it. I wanna see it happen. I'm all for it. Talk your shit money. Right? So, that happened. But also what's happening with the NBA, right? As as the Heat are looking great at times, right? And, and, and there's a bunch of rookies doing their thing. We talked about them last week. But it's the Knicks, man. It, it, really, it really is the Knicks. And we're we going to go into one. And there goes one beer Because Talking about my hometown teams Makes me want to drink Bear with it <laughs> so, my New York Knicks. My New York Knicks are looking horrendous right now. As they currently have a record of 1-6. and six, And the only time they beat a team was against Chicago. Where I told you that Bobby Portis had a, had a, had a, had a performance that was not going to be able to be replicated again if he tried it in a million years. Because he 100% just had that... What do you call laser revenge game? Laser focus. I only miss three out of you know three sh out of my fourteen shots. I get a double double. I make I make my all of my free throws. I'm making three pointers. You understand? Yeah. What are the games really? <laughs> Pardon me. I told you. Listening to my team made me drink, and I downed a whole beer during that during the opener for this segment. <laughs> So we told you that that was never going to happen again. And of course, since that game, the Knicks haven't even won again. Because you can't duplicate emotional games like that. Now, New York Knicks fans are, are, are a little bit on the fence because of what's going on with, with Tisdale. And the fact that they're like, listen, he doesn't know what he's doing. And listen, as we were just talking about players being developed or the lack of players being developed. Or we're going to look to see if players could be developed. That's one of the things that we're kind of worried about, about about Tisdale as well, is if Tisdale can honestly develop players, right? 
we know he's an analytics dude and he knows how to work well in the analytics and we know that being an assistant coach in Miami working these analytics I got him got him got him a very high high really respected voice in the organization and eventually panned out to him getting a t getting a job but listen sometimes these analytic thumpers aren't really the best things of, of coaches and his analytics can't get him to find a good point go now listen I don't know why you're saying, listen, well, we don't know what he's doing in point guard. We don't know what he's doing in point guard. We don't know what he's doing in point guard. Sometimes you have to look bigger picture, and you also have to look smaller picture, Knicks fans, at the same time. You have to draw yourself into some type of form of reality to really, if, if you really want to grasp, grasp the situation that you're in. You can't just be sitting there all emotional talking about hippity hoopla, lotto, my shirt don't fit you. Like, you can't be running all emotional like that sounding like Buster Rhymes on the track, okay? I'm going to need you to come. Calm down just a little bit. Ooh-ha. Keep your ass in check. Now, follow me one time, right? Before we even talk about the point guard situation, let's talk about, and Dallas does exactly what we talked about the Giants were trying to do. With them getting that interception and getting a short field, they see if they can turn the tide around and turn some of, and turn some of that defensive fortune into offensive fortune, and they get themselves down the field. They get into field goal get field goal position, and folks, in a very short turnaround, we're talking about in what may have been a minute of actual game time, but has actually, you know, we've been following it in the podcast, been ten minutes of real time. They now have put up ten points, and they now officially have taken and lead 13 to 12 with all the momentum going into the half and anything that i said about them possibly being swept by the new york teams now is see that there's only two ways to exit a room properly when you're not wanted that's evil through the stairs or out the window and this one just wasn't out the window it even went to the wall first so you're wondering about what's going on with the point guard situation, New York fans, and, and what Tisdale is doing. And I have to understand, and I, and I get your frustration. And you have to say, we're only seven games in, and he's trying to figure out what, because there's one thing that he has realized. His point guard situation sucks, and that's not his fault. But let's talk about this a little bit more. Him giving R.J. Barrett point guard opportunities early on isn't unheard of, and isn't the worst thing in the world. A lot of shooting guards, right? Small forwards. Think about the kind of league that we're in. We're in a league filled with combo guards, right? As I like to call them. Guards that can kick a handle to point a little bit and score. I think combo guards initially used to be the term utilized for short shooting guards, right? Because they were point guard size, but sh but shooting guard mentalities. But let's call combo guards really what they should be. Any guard that can handle the rock and actually shoot and score. Like I want to like let's call Damian Lillard combo guard, Stephen Curry combo guard. I, I would need to call a point guard, but we see these guys run the point guard position. But that's what I said. It's, it's hard because if you can run the run the point like that. They'll just put you at point guard. So, let's talk about some of the guys that has come into the league, not traditionally a point guard, but they've given them point guard responsibilities. Russell Westbrook. Victor Oladipo. At one point in time, Lou Williams. So, it's not unheard of to give 
James Harden. To give your young, talented shooting guard, small forward, power forward. Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> the point guard duties of your team, while he's young, to help him understand of how to bring the ball up the court, how to understand when he's initiating the offense, how to understand to be the primary to be the primary ball handler at times if need be, and also be the man with the ball in his hands. That's not that's not an egregious thing to do and an egregious talent to teach your young players. Now, is is RJ Barrett gonna end up being the point guard? No, but he can end up running point forward at times. And like I said, we are a league full of point centers, point forwards, and combo guards. Now. Right? Ball handlers all over the place. If you can't handle the rock half the time, then you better hope that you're seven feet tall and can play above the rim. Literally. Or can play defense. Or can shoot threes and play defense. Because that's what they really want. And that's where the stars are born. The ball handlers of the world, right? That's where you really find the skills. The ball handlers, the footworkers. So that's the first thing that I, I, I really want you guys to calm down about as Jets, as Knicks fans, as you guys keep taking on this either fire Thisdale or not understanding some of the methods to his madness. Now, with, you, with understanding that, oh my God, he hasn't been able to develop a point guard. We got no point guard. What the hell is he doing with the point guards in this situation? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Please pump your brakes for me, pimpin', because the last time I remember, you show me a point guard that he has on this team that anybody thought was worth a lick. Like, just don't all of a sudden put him on your team, get a coach there, and be like, oh, this coach should make magic out of dog shit. Right? Because that's not what's going to happen. Let, 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 we got three point guards. Let's take them all, right? Let's take them all. First one, Frank Nilakina, high draft pick, right? What's 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 the resume on Frank Nilakina, right? Tell me, tell me, tell me what are his tendencies? Oh, Frank Nilakina, he technically was was brought in to run an antiquated system that I, that's not even utilized anymore, or the person that drafted him is not even with the organization. He was brought in to run a triangle because they thought he was good for a triangle offense. He, we already knew he didn't have a lick of offense himself. That's the reason why him being in a triangle offense kind of worked. And we knew that he was good for his defense. To this day, Frank Nina Keeler is still a guy because we're not gonna run the, the we're not we're not gonna end up running the, the triangle. So 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 Frank Nina Keeler is a guy that basically was is was known for his defense coming into the NBA, and he's still known for his defense being in the NBA. Everything offensive wise, we were hoping he would have caught on to. And that wasn't even that wasn't even that wasn't even this coach's pick. Once again, inherited players. Now you try to work with him, put him in a situation, did the best you could, realize, hey, this guy is what he is. He's a defensive guy. Hopefully, throughout through time, he may be able to be a 3 and D guy, but right now, he's more of a defensive guy. Hopefully, you think that he could be, a, 
You hope that he could turn into maybe a Marcus Smart kind of player. But right now, he's just not that. So that's Frank. Not, not Fizdale's problem. Or not Fizdale's doing. He, he inherited it. He tried to do good with that. Now next, we get rid of we we get we get we get rid of of Christoph Porzingis, right? PK. And in return, you get something of a point guard. Now, you took the point guard on because you realized, yo, I kind of need a point guard. So let's see if we can get a point guard in this deal. He's a young talent. He's a high pick from a couple years back. Let's see if we can get this guy to get back to what made him draft, what, what, what made him be a high draft pick and what had us salivating over him or had him looking very impressive the first 20 games or first half of his rookie season. Let's see if we can get him back to that. But ultimately, he was another project. Because he was a guy that ultimately, that you would have hoped that when you drafted Luka Doncic, right? As anybody else there, as, as you keep acquiring young players, you acquiring young players, that your young players learn how to play together and they all get better together. You don't fully expect one guy to just phase out to just disappear to just kind of forget all of the little things that made him good like when you break your man off the dribble and you get him past that first step finishing at the rim or something Dennis Smith Jr. stopped doing that and you can see it in New York still he doesn't attack the rim when he gets there he, he, like, he doesn't know what to do after he beats his man with his first step he kind of just sits there in the pain and, and, and he kind of looks lost with the ball are you expecting at this point in time to either go to the rim and, and draw fouls and, and, and get easy free throws or develop a floater or be or, 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 or learn how to finish around the rim better? But, but something, there's something off in this game and whatever whatever deficiency that he had that eventually that, that got him that got him taken out of the roast to start in rotation in Dallas that eventually got him traded in Dallas. Is still ailing him as he's a player for the New York Knicks. Now, who knows if this is still something that can be worked out and tweaked out. It probably can. But right now, it just isn't the time that it's happening. If it is going to happen for him. And you can't blame Fizdale for this guy not being able to click for his own confidence. He does all the right things. Until it matters. So he does 50% of the right things. He does. He starts everything off great. And he finishes sloppy. Literally 50% of the right thing. We'll break his band off the dribble. And then literally has no clue. If I should shoot the ball. If I should drive the ball. If I should pass the ball. If I should tack the rim. Sometimes he literally just sits there with the ball in his hand. In the paint. Three seconds. You can't. It's like Markel Fultz. Like, what are you supposed to do for, for, for somebody when they just really lose their con? I say you said that should be a coaching issue, but that's more than coaching. He's having mental lapses on the court. He's glitching. And then we get Alfred Payton. 
Alfred Payton, the only point guard that an extremity on his own body has blocked more of his shots than actual NBA players. Now, once again, he eventually cut his hair. He was a high draft pick, and he wondered, I wonder if we can get this guy to focus again. Because it really is about all individual focus and how you're going to work hard. And when you do work hard, is that the things that you practice doing, if you execute it in the games when it matters, right? Because sometimes you have to do stuff as a player, right? Whether it does win, 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 lose, or draw, you have to have your tendencies. And if your tendencies, I could, be, I could beat my man off the dribble and get to the rim and possibly finish at the rim, then go do that. Because if you stick to your tendencies, you know what's going to eventually happen? You're going to eventually keep getting, you eventually even going to finish at the rim and go plays in foul trouble. Which means that they're going to start collapsing more players around you. So, we, so that happens right before you actually hit the rim. Maybe you think about passing the ball. But you know what? If three players are collapsing around you, that means two players are open. Find that open man. Because now you don't need to go three on one. Because now you may not get that call for three on one. Because now you're just trying to, oh, throw it. But, but if you have R.J. Barrett now open, you have Kevin Knox now open, Lonzo Trey now open. See, that's something different. See how that works? I don't understand. I don't understand how you guys don't get it. But, whew. These are the trials and tribulations I understand that you guys are going through, right? Alfred Payton, you really don't know what he is or what he should be. But you hope that these, like Dennis Smith Jr., that you knew that he had some kind of offensive skills and really actually had point guard skills. And if he could have focused himself to the point where he's being productive on the field, you was hoping he could get back to a form of productivity that you've seen come out of him. Once again, Alfred Payton didn't do it either. So now you're stuck in this weird abysmal of no point guards, and that's where the Knicks are at. And I'm telling you, Knicks fans, because I know that his contract would just keep going worse and worse and worse. No. And I mean that the amount of money that he gets is actually going to keep looking better and better as time flies on and his salary cap keeps going up. There's a point guard out there that I think that we should get. And I'm willing to trade all three of those point guards for him and eat, and eat some salary cap on top of it. Because, once again, if we're not going to win, I at least want us to be productive to, in a way, we are progressive. And I believe that there's a point guard out there that can really help us be progressive. And that point guard is Chris Paul. He can be progressive. He can help coach up the young players. He can be an extension of the head coach. We're gonna eat. A, we're gonna eat a big salary. But listen, a lot of players are already falling off in that second year that he'll be here. And most of the players that we have are already are already on the same length of contract that Chris Paul is in. This isn't a team that's gonna be a winning team for us. This never was. This was a team that was supposed to help highlight and, f and not take anything away from the young guys so that they can st start shining. So maybe this team was a bunch of guys on short, lucrative contracts that hopefully you go also trade away as we probably also thought we were going to be bad. But if we're going to be bad, I kind of want to be bad with a point guard that I know can help my young players develop as young players. Being a guy that's, that's, uh, that's the president of the Players Association, 
being being somebody that 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 comes from a playoff mentality kind of you know environment mentality in his own right a guy that can consistently put players in in, in the right position a guy that can can help play these young players learn how, what it is to be a pro because i don't even think that that the veterans that we have right now are the right guys to show these young guys that we have on how to be a pro in the nba and that's a big statement we're gonna take a break when we come back we're gonna go over week nine Week 9 has been looking kind of so-so for us. They're already back from the half. That and more on the Mighty Sports Podcast. They didn't join this team to win championships or become famous. They joined because there is important work to be done and only some able to do it. They are brighter, better educated, led and equipped than any team in history. They are doctors, lawyers, engineers, technologists, and combat troops, all prepared for whatever comes their way. You'll find them where the lights don't flash, and the only contract they sign is with themselves and their country. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world, and they can respond, I became a soldier. They didn't join this team to win championships or become famous. They joined because there is important work to be done and only some able to do it. They are brighter, better educated, led, and equipped than any team in history. They are doctors, lawyers, engineers, technologists, and combat troops, all prepared for whatever comes their way. You'll find them where the lights don't flash, and the only contract they sign is with themselves and their country. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world, and they can respond, I became a soldier. And we are back to the My Sports Podcast. I'm still your host, the one only Donald Doma Taylor, aka the Brooklyn Buzzsaw. Yo! AKA your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. AKA. Tin Man, aka Tony Baritone, aka Teflon himself. You know what I'm saying? I have a lot of aliases. AKA Smoke Weed Every Day. That wasn't even funny. See, you can give people the wrong impression about me. But let's get back into it, right? Because in case you forgot where we were at, let's remind the folks. Seven one eight. Matter of fact, three oh five. 
Which is exactly how the New York and Miami Dolphins sounded. We did it. We did it. Yeah, folks, I had to crack open another one. Because I'm about to start talking about my Jets and probably what what, what was what my worst nightmare was the New York Jets. I was there, folks. I witnessed it. As Dolphin fans celebrated. And not for nothing. For a team that very early on looked like they were going to win. They were not celebrating at all. All like a team that was going to be that was going to win. Uh. It took, and I'm telling you, I was there. It took halfway through the third quarter for Dolphin fans to really start to get into celebrating. To really, really start to get into celebrating. Like, like that's 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 real talk. They were real quiet for 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 three quarters. And then all of a sudden, they start to realize that, you know what? These New York Jets are for real. These New York Jets are serious. The J-E-T-S really do suck, suck, suck. And holy crap, B. Holy crap. What it, it was... What, what do we want to call this? This was 100% a shit show. Yeah. Dirty Perkins, Harkaback, Flacco, Barton, Philip, Bunker, Barton, Perkaluma, Burton, Durton, Boston, Martin, Martin, and Adam Burris. It was a goddamn shit show. And I don't understand. Like, and we've been asking since day one. One, I don't understand how you lose to a team that's trying to lose, right? They've literally been trying to lose. But maybe this is the one get team, the one game that they have pride in. We warned you, right? Ryan Fitzmagic comes out for one game. He plays against one of his former teams. All of the all, all of the players that, that, that are actually still there when Adam Gates was, get, was, was still there, they get to go up against their former coach and show and show that, oh, it was him and not it was them and not him. Or him and not them. Right? So there's, so there's a whole lot of emotional shit. That can equal into the the Dolphins playing hard, but the fact that the that the, the, the see I can't even talk right. The fact that the Jets don't even look like they have an offense, don't even look like they they, they know how to put a drive together. The, the fact that they don't even know that, that they even look like they even know what winning means is is the thing that's that's the most disgusting thing at all. They look horrific. They look anemic on offense. I can't remember the last time we looked this bad. And then you lose to a Dolphins team that hasn't even won a game? And not even trying to win? Like, we got Cincinnati still to play. Were we going to win Cincinnati win too? Like, how low can we go? Like, like is, is, is this our limbo season? Not, not, not when we're stuck in nowhere land. I'm talking about how low can we go? How low can we go? That kind of limbo season. Danger zone. I, 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 I have no clue what to say about, like, Adam Gase 
is a despicable human being. Like, I, I, I am 100% sick of him. I, I don't think that he could find the G spot if they were... If the other 25 other letters in the alphabet were removed and the only thing left was the G. Like, I really hate to sound homophobic, but I hate the gays. I hate Adam Gaze. Why is he here? He, he was a loser head coach in Miami. His only claim to fame was that was that he looked aight beside Peyton Manning. But once again, who doesn't look aight as an offensive coordinator beside Peyton Manning? I swear to God, he has fucking eyes like 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 the dude from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I gotta find out who the hell his name is. That's gonna be his new name. Where's my bear? And yet he's the New York Jets head coach. He's the guy that's in that's in charge. <laughs> of making this quarterback better. Mike, Mike, not Mike McCarthy. Finally remembered his damn name, right? They used to coach Aaron Rodgers. Once again, people want to say, like, people want to say, and even I've said it when we were first going through our coaching hunt, that, oh, he only won one Super Bowl in 10 years or in 20 years. But you show me how many coaches out here has won multiple Super Bowl in 10 or 20 years. The only one that's really done it with consistency that we can talk about is Peyton Manning. I mean, it's, it's Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. That's the only one we can talk about for real is Bill Belichick. Who, who, who else out there can we talk about in, in this day and age, in this era, unless you want somebody that's 70? Name me the guy that has won multiple championships as a young head coach. I'll wait. So when I hear when I hear Jets fan be like, yo, he only won one championship in 20 years. You're a fucking idiot. Who who out here is that that's young enough? Who out here who out here outside of somebody that you don't think can last more than three years because they're fucking geriatric? Can you honestly say fits that fucking description? Oh, I only won they only won one championship. Let's look at it the last 20 years. Because that's what because that's literally what you're saying over the last 10, 20 years. Over the last 20 years, Bill Belichick six. Who else out there? Bill Cower, he's already gone. Tom Coughlin, he's not leaving Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh doesn't let their coaches go. Who else? Um, 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 Peyton in New Orleans, he's not leaving. That nigga's one in 20 years. If, 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 if Peyton was released from the Saints, are we going to say, oh, he only won one championship over 20 years. You see how retarded that sounds? You SpongeBob motherfucker, you. Like, seriously. Now, granted, I'm over here telling you I was one of them people that said that, but, that's only but. That's only if you were grabbing one of these young minds. I'm coming out of college. But, that's, but you can't blame him for Aaron Rodgers eventually tuning him out. We want Tony Dungy? Once again, let's keep going down this list and see who, you re who you're really asking for. Because most of these guys have only won one or two championships. Because nobody in the last 20 years has won multiple championships. Outside of Bill Belichick. 
Once again, think about it. I will wait. Because even the teams that won two championships in the last 20 years did it with two different coaches. Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Who else is there? There's a quarterback that did it twice. But he did it with two different teams. Denver and Indy. And then, oh, there is one. There is one. We all love him. This Tom Coughlin. But once again, goes back to one of my original questions. How old of the person do you want running, being your head coach? And for how long? In this day and age. He's comfortable now. He doesn't have to actually be on the field. He gets to run football operations in Jacksonville. Excuse me. A Jacksonville that has fell to four and five. So, who do you want? Because the only head coach that has won more than one championship over the last 20 years is... Tom Coughlin. And, and, and. The only coach, and uh, no, let's just say the only coach. And not for nothing, none of those other coaches has even been coaching for 20 years anymore. All of them have gone. For the most part. So once again. Just because Aaron Rodgers eventually tuned you out doesn't mean that you were bad. It just meant Aaron Rodgers tuned you out because he is a bad man. And sometimes great ones do that. But the New York Jets, has, uh, and I'm ready for them to fire their head coach right now. Do something. Don't let him poison your, your, your quarterback any longer don't let him influence this team any longer don't let him be an influential figure or decision maker any longer sometimes the best way to admit that you were wrong is not trying to see how long you can write it out but is to immediately say listen I was wrong let me correct this mistake now that may be the best way. Don't ride this out to the end of the year. Start Get rid of the guy now. That way you can start looking for somebody now. Because I'm telling you right now, you're going to need all offseason. You're going to need all the rest of this season and offseason to find yourself the coach that you really should need. And if Mike McCartney, Mike McCarty still isn't on that list again, then what the fuck are you really doing, B? Get him. Get everything he knows about quarterbacking and winning. And let's put this in the thing. Because I understand Green Bay comes with his own automatic culture. In some way, shape, or form. Outside of the quarterback being happy. And this quarterback happens to be a quirky guy anyway. He knew how to he knew how to maintain that culture. And if he can help replicate the culture that goes on in Green Bay for New York for at least a little bit of time, I'll take it. If we get Mike McCarty, I'll take him here for 10 years. In 10 years, he'll have a winning season. Over 100 plus games. 
So let's go right into week nine, right? Because I don't want to talk anymore about the Jets. Like I, As you can see, it, it's turned into a dark place again because the Jets are fucking idiots. And when, when, you, when you have a bunch of idiots that, that, that runs your organization... You're just going to keep being disappointed. Like, I honestly don't understand this. For somebody that has commitment issues, I don't know how I've been a, a Jets fan this long. And and, and and this is why I had to start by talking with the Knicks. Because I didn't want the... Oh, the Giants just fumbled. And actually, Love Jones just fumbled. And Dallas just took over the ball. Seven, th- seven minutes, 33 seconds left to go in the third. And listen, they still look, they're still looking better than how the Jets looked. All right, I guess they're division rival. <sighs> the Jets need fixing. And, and and I really didn't want the Jets and the, and the Knicks to sound alike with their coaching situation. Because I don't think it's time to get rid of Fisdale. Fisdale wasn't given any tools. I think Adam Gaze has tools. Robbie Anderson can be a good running, a good wide receiver, I think, in this league if he's being utilized right. I think Sam Darnold has proven that he could be a good quarterback in this league if he's being u- utilized right. We already know what, Le- what, what, what Le'Veon Bell is. So, we already know that he had a good defense handed to him. So, I, we already have an idea that, listen... You had talent. You we, we know that you had talent, and you're just you're just really monkeying it up. And with the Knicks, the Knicks may have some young talent in some in some in some areas of the, of the court. What they but the, what happens is that they're lacking talent in the most important area of the court, and it's honest. I feel like it's honestly been an area of 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 concerns for the Knicks. For the last 15 years now. That's not a new thing. The Knicks need a point guard. Let's think about how long we've been saying this now. Because the Knicks haven't had a point guard since Stephen Marbury. Bonafide, young, at least semi-young point guard that was willing to play games with us. And Stephen Marbury, we couldn't get enough talent around to play. Even though he had one t- enough talent one year. He just, he just didn't click with the coach. I'm talking about that Jamal Crawford, David Lee, Zach Randolph year. Jared Jeffries, I think, even a little bit. But the Knicks haven't had a point guard since Stephen Stephen Marbury. And, And trust me, I haven't forgotten who everybody's about to talk about next. The last time we had anything that resembled a point guard was a point guard that was already... Way past his prime, and that was Jason Kidd, Hall of Famer Jason Kidd. That's how much of a Hall of Famer he is, because he helped the Knicks get to 54 wins that year. That was the best thing of a point guard we had in the last 20 years, and we had and we got 54 wins. And this has literally been the Knicks' problem for the last two decades: is that the New York Knicks, for some odd reason, cannot find a point guard. So, once again. Not it's not like we New York. So as New York fans are already, uh, some New York fans are already clamoring for for Fizdale's job and already on panic mode. It's not like we came into this league expecting to this the season expected to win. It's just when you watch your team sometimes be abysmal, right? And 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 look horrific. 
It's just hard to swallow how bad you really are. But bad is bad is bad is bad. Doesn't matter how bad you look. If you're bad, you're bad. Like, I'm bad. I'm bad. I know it. Hee <laughs> hee. Like, I mean, an F is an F is an F is an F. Does it matter if your F was a 65 versus a 15? It was still an F. Like, is it what if you're a borderline dum dum or a dumb of a real dum dum? Like, you're still a dum dum, dum dum. <laughs> so, so, I get it. Like, the Knicks were supposed to be bad this season. At times, you probably didn't expect them to look this bad. But you, but you realized, listen. R.J. Barrett is the truth, and I want to understand how you can still take away from that, right? Kevin Knox still looks exactly what Kevin Knox should be. If he's not the second or third option of a startup as a startup shooter, probably the third option uh, as a startup shooter on a on a on a on a, on, a, on a team, right? Then. Because of his motor, he may be a great bench player, right? And still be able to be productive. So, Zach, like you have to understand, not everybody is meant to be a star, but you can learn to find roles. And that's what I'm really hoping that the Knicks are at a point right now. I'm hoping that we're really starting to define roles because that's where the growth comes in. And that's at the point where they should be at. Now, there is a another issue in a way, in a sense. And what I'm not sure what goes on with the Jets and their and their whole entire ownership because. Right now, we have the brother running our squad, right? And the brother's never really run a squad before because, I mean, but all of this whole ownership of a football team is just kind of like hit or miss. You're just trying to put the right people in the right scenarios to do your thug thizzle. But this is why it was so hard for me to talk about the Jets and the Knicks today in, in, in the same breath. Because they're both looking bad. But, once again, the Jets, we knew they were going to look bad. They were just supposed to, just supposed to once again... There's supposed to be a few games on a schedule when you're bad that you're supposed to win. And this is now the second opportunity of a game that we really thought, really, really, really thought that the Jets should not lose to this specific team. Where they have literally wet the bed and put on a shit show. And you look at them like, you are worse than what we thought you were. But, once again, maybe I need to take my own reality and realize bad is bad is bad is bad. Like, when you're bad, can you really put an expectation on who or what or when that badness looks like? So, we're all set. I'm done. So let's move from the bullshit to the party, and that party is what happened in week nine, right? If you like, so so far, saw a little bit of the fantasy talking to get a little bit of things in order. Week nine on a bye week was Atlanta, Cincinnati, LA Rams, and New Orleans. So basically, Atlanta and Cincinnati, two of the worst teams in the league. Now let's let you know, right? 
as the Jets have, have only got one victory, right? They're one and seven, and now the Miami and the Miami Dolphins get to join us one and seven. At least, at least in a, in a weird way, in, in a small victory, in a, in a in a very small victory, is that now we know for sure that Miami Dolphins may not be able to get the the number one pick because we just ruined their chances of not ha having a winless, having a winless record. So at least we at least we got to fuck up those hopes for them, while they got their victory. They also got their loss in a way because they still have Cincinnati that has no victories, right? And they were on a bye week last week or this past week. And we have Atlanta that's also one and seven. So let's remind you this: there is a team with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and David Johnson that has the same exact record as the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. So. Just remember, we thought the Jets were going to be bad, right? We thought the Dolphins were going to be bad. At any point in time, if I would have said to you, as a Falcons fan, as a Jets fan, or as a Dolphins fan, that you would have the same record, the Dolphins fans and the Jets fans would be rejoicing because they would think that they would have at least a 500 record. The Atlanta fan would be crying in regardless of any situation that they heard that their team had the same record as the Jets and the Dolphins. And the fact that the Falcons have the same record as the Jets and the Dolphins while the Jets and the Dolphins have one win? Oh, yeah. They should be pulling the old Justin Timberlake bit and crying themselves a river. So Jets fans, Dolphins fans, there goes your little nugget. You have the same record as the Atlanta Falcons that has a healthy Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, and David Johnson. You're welcome. Let's get into the rest of this week, right? So to start it off, right? We get San Francisco taking on Arizona. And we're going to go through also our picks. Now, granted, we don't know what our record is quite yet. But I can tell you. <sighs> it was a rough week. It was a really, really rough week. Because right now. We're trying to figure out if we're going to have a winning record or a losing record. Or a 500 record, I should say. And that's what we're trying to determine. Right now, we got six losses. We have seven wins. And tonight's game, if Dallas wins, we'll, have, we'll be 8-6. and six. If Dallas loses, we'll be 7-7. Seven and seven. So we're trying to determine. Dallas right now is up 16-12. Three minutes left to go in the second. Third, sorry. There's a flag on the play. It may be late hit. As look like Daniel Jones was pushed out of bounds as he was already out of bounds. So San Francisco goes into Arizona, right? And the San Francisco 49ers, they show Kyler, I should have played baseball Murray while kids should stay in school as they get 112 yards behind seven catches behind Emmanuel Sanders, who also came with one touchdown. San Francisco 49ers, 
the Houston Texans, folks. They say every take the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans going to Jacksonville. We just talked about Jacksonville. Not you know very not highly disciplined, right? They got Tom Coughlin, maybe too disciplined. They lost Jalen Ramsey, but they say everything is bigger in Texas, and nothing says big like a W on Sunday. Houston Texans win 26 to three with. With 19 carries and 160 yards behind Carlos Hyde, folks. Next up, we have Chicago going into Philly. And the Eagles soar to another victory over the hibernating Bears with a 14-22 win. As where they got nine receptions, 103 yards, and one touchdown from their boy, Zach Ertz. All right. All those games, we were right about the who were going to be the victors. Now, let's talk about our losses because right now, folks, everything comes in bunches. So, we just had three wins. Guess what we're about to have? We're about to have three losses. First one, we were wrong about Indianapolis going into Pittsburgh. And listen, this was something that we could not foresee. So, insult to injury. Another place where there was a little bit of insult to injury. At, so this was the insult to injury game. And Indianapolis not only loses to Pittsburgh, but they also lose their quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, with a hyper-extended knee, folks. They just won the game. Nothing spectacular happened. No hundred yard, no no hundred yard receivers, no hundred, no hundred yard rushes, no three hundred and fifty yard passes. Just work, just work, just work. Once again, you see here. I lost my best wide receiver. I lost my best running back. I lost my quarterback. Things aren't done. Things aren't over. They are now actually being coached up, these other players. Once again, to bring this back to what I talked about with Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr and the Golden State Warriors should not get a pass for having a losing record. They should not get a pass for not having Klay Thompson. I understand it's early, and it still is early. It's early enough to correct it. It's early enough to actually look like, hey, these young guys, let's see if we can build a bench. A bona fide bench from guys that we have in their second, third years in the league. With, with guys that have 10 years left in the league versus three, four, or five good ones. Let's see what Steve Kerr and Golden State does. Because Tom Coughlin is allowing his team to not play hard. Tom Coughlin is not allowing his team to quit. Tom Coughlin isn't allowing his team to be like, oh, well, you know, we don't have the players that we used to have. And, you know, this year, we just going to have to see who's coming out of Duke. No, they don't, they, don't, they don't have that luxury. He doesn't have that luxury. And Steve Kerr shouldn't either. Because you still tell me, why the hell did you get rid of? You know who I'm talking about. So, Indianapolis goes into Pittsburgh. They lose 
Um, they 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 lose twenty four to twenty six. As Jacoby Brissett also has an eye in and we're gonna see if he is if he's able to come back for next week. Is any uh, is, does Indianapolis have a week, bye week next week? No, they do not. They will be playing next week. They actually take on. I am about to sneeze, so I'm trying to stall here. I'm trying to, <coughs> there it goes. <coughs> there it goes. They actually take on Miami. So even if their quarterback isn't there, they'll find a way to bounce back on their feet. Because, listen, everybody else is going to find a way to beat Miami this season, even if the Jets can't. For these Cincinnati games are going to be interesting during the end of this season. Between Miami and Cincinnati, and also Cincinnati and the Jets. Right? Next up, we had the New York Jets taking on Miami. And Miami won, and I don't know if I even told you the score, but Miami won that game 26-18 to 18 behind what was an abysmal game by the New York Jets. They said Jets fly high, and I, de- I just think these guys were playing high. I mean, not as high as Adam Gaze was in that initial press conference with, with those googly eyes. You know, I don't even, what, what is that guy's name? We, we are really going to have to find that guy's name because this is who Adam Gase is is going to be like he is the villain from he is the villain from from who framed Roger Rabbit like like he has to he like he is 100% that dude or he's a judge doom yes he is judge doom there we go it's official. We know who Adam Gaze is. Adam Gaze is Judge Doom. And we're sick of his shit. We are 100% sick of his shit. And he needs to be fired. But, also, somehow, when Minnesota takes on Kansas City, because even when you lose your best player, you still find a way to be coached up. And Kansas City shows that they can get more than an L behind their quarterback, Matt Moore, as they actually pull off a W, right? 23-26 over Minnesota, a good Minnesota team, right? As he gets that ball to Damian Williams 12 times for 125 yards and one touchdown, and then he finds Tyreek Hill through the air. For six times for 140 yards and also one touchdown. This was an exciting game. This is one of those games that that, that you probably thought I thought Kansas City was gonna was gonna lose. Kansas City proved this old loss wrong because you know what? Andy Reid coached the shit out of that game. Uh, excuse me. And I'm telling you that you have to find a way to be held accountable. You can't just keep allowing and letting not having great players be the be-all, end-all to having a good team. Now, will you have a championship contending team? You may not. But Bill Pelichak shows you don't need any, you, you, you've never needed a superstar. You've never needed an all-star. You understand? All you've ever needed is Dak Prescott. And Bill Belichick shows you that you can win a championship with a Dak Prescott. So coaching matters. You don't always need talent. Carolina shows you that every week. 
as as they got a, as Tennessee goes into Carolina, they take an L. Kyle Allen, their quarterback Kyle Allen, backup quarterback Kyle Allen, gives the Panthers another reason, which is a W, to question trading Cam Newton, who Cam Newton always doesn't look this consistent. For a team that is basically now five and three. We're still looking like, yo, this guy could, should and could possibly replace Cam Newton. And then you got to figure, where do you go if you're Cam Newton? Who, what team out there wants Cam Newton? What team is out there trading away whatever they have, whatever future they potentially have for Cam Newton? Washington, I'm thinking maybe? Jacksonville, maybe still? I don't know. Literally, who out there? Giants? Oh, nah. <laughs> Jets? You tell me. Now Washington goes into Buffalo. And Buffalo continues their first half hot streak. And that's what we're going to call it. We're going to call it their first half hot streak. Because now that they're officially 5-3. and three, Right? Or 6-2, and two, I mean. That means they're now officially halfway through their season. We're going to keep that in mind. The Buffalo Bills were 6-2 and two halfway through the season, completely controlling their destiny. I mean completely controlling their destiny. Kansas City, you're looking at them, what, they just got to 6-3? and three? They still need a bye week? You have Pittsburgh, they're kind of out of the equation. And we haven't talked about a lot of AFC teams yet so far. I mean, there's a decent amount. Indiana, we're still looking at them as if they may be a contender. They just fell to five and three. So Jacksonville, I mean Houston, they're six and three. But they're in the same conference as Kansas City, I believe. So we definitely know one of the wild cards is coming from that division. The other wild card can come from Buffalo. Not the, not the AFC East, but from Buffalo. Buffalo right now is in a position where the wild card can come through them. If they continue doing what they're doing. If they don't. They can allow a team like Pittsburgh. That just got to 500 right now. In week 9. 4-4. Four and four, To be able to finish with a better record. And steal away a wildcard spot from them. Just letting you know, because we already figured Kansas City and Houston, one of those two teams are going to make it in there. They're definitely getting one. The other one has to come from somewhere. It shouldn't come from the Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Baltimore division. Because outside of Baltimore... Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati aren't relevant 
but coaching says otherwise. So that's where that race is gonna. Like, as we're halfway, as we're halfway through the season now, this, that's how that race is looking in the AFC. It's already starting to shape up really, really nice. And to make things interesting, and then, isn't that football? It's so quick and so short. Eight weeks done, just like that. Thing about it though is that it's eight weeks. Or it's 16 weeks, but it's what happened is that it's 16, it's only 16 games. Because look at the NBA. We'll be talking about 16 weeks. We're talking about four months. We're talking about four months there. October, well, halfway through October. So November, December, January, February, okay, way more. March, April, May, June. If you count playoffs. We actually count, wait, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June. Oh, that's nine months. Never mind. Not even the same. Not even the same. That's 36 weeks. That's 36 weeks versus 16. Okay. My bad. My bad. I'm correcting that point. I'm not even going to go into that, that rabbit hole of thinking. But let's talk about rabbit holes, right? Tampa Bay goes into Seattle. And the Seattle Seahawks shows Tampa Bay that they are not just the kings of the air, but they're also the kings of the sea. By a brilliant performance, and I do mean brilliant, as Jameis turnover chain, turnover chain, turnover chain. Jameis second coming of Ryan Fitz, Fitzpatrick. And listen, he had one of those Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of games too. We just got to see if he makes it into the participation awards category. It was one of those kind of games with the interceptions to match. But they wholeheartedly had a brilliant performance, Seattle Seahawks. I mean, when I say brilliant, we're talking about brilliant, 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 brilliant performance by them. As they hit the trifecta, folks. And I don't know if you know the trifecta because we don't get it a lot, right? Normally, you hear me talk about the wide receiver being dominant, maybe a running back in there. Sometimes you hear me talking about a, sometimes you hear me talk about a quarterback and a wide receiver being dominant for their team. They hit the trifecta, folks. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, all three levels. They get all mentioned in the dub today. Russell Wilson. 29 for 43, 378 yards, and folks, oh man, not one, not two, not three, not four, but how many Booker? Five touchdowns for Russell Wilson, and they all counted, which means that no interceptions, folks. Five touchdowns, no interceptions, and I think he's only thrown one interception this whole entire season. And I am very happy he is on my, my, my fantasy team this week. Because after what Drew Brees did last week, I would have been compelled to play. Because I got Drew Brees too. I would have been compelled to play Drew Brees this week. But nope. I'm glad I didn't have to make that choice. As as the as the Dallas Cowboys look like they may have just scored another touchdown. And the score is now 22 to 15. 
Dallas Cowboys with 12 minutes and 40 seconds left. And it looks like my pick is going to stand unless we unless we get some magic done by my Mr. Love Jones over there on the other side of the football. Folks, I don't know how we still manage to do this. I ain't even going to tell you what I'm talking about. But pff, Darnell, eh. Just be like that sometime. Congratulations, by the way. I can't believe it. Be congratu- Hold on. Let me get a fucking reggae, huh? Because you know what? I feel that whoever listens to the podcast, they already know you. And you already told them. And anybody else, just don't say shit to his girl and don't go blabbering out to everybody. But Darnell is pregnant. Darnell's about to have a baby. Congratulations, my nigga. Yo. That's what she did. Take that, take that, take that. My teeth. Take that, take that, take that. Take that, take that, take that. My teeth. Yeah, buddy. So congratulations, B. It's all like, yo, yo, really, really, put a smile on my fucking face. Like I've never been so happy about somebody else having a baby. Cause God knows I wasn't this happy about me having a baby. That's a different story for a different time, different place, different channel. Not even appropriate right now for the sports channel. Right? Just like it wasn't appropriate for Jameis Winston to even think that he was going to get a victory coming into Seattle. Like I said, Russell Wilson had 378 yards, five touchdowns, and zero interceptions. But he was also able to get that ball to his running back 16 times. That running back, Chris Carson, for 105 yards. He didn't get a touchdown. He wasn't able to find the end zone, even though people were holding on to like, I got your flag, I got your flag, I got your flag. He didn't make it into the end zone this time. But you know who did make it into the end zone a couple of times? Their wide receiver, Tyler Lock. With 13 receptions, 152 yards, and two touchdowns. But he wasn't the only one to make it in there a couple of times, folks. I told you, they hit all three categories for the trifecta, but they put four people in here, folks. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's go ahead and make sure that we give these people their proper respect because they balled out big up, big up. Russell Wilson 378 yards big up, big up. Chris Carson 105 yards big up, big up. wide receiver Tyler Lockett 152 yards and big up, big up. to the rookie DK Metcalf six receptions big up, big up. 123 yards and big up, big up. two touchdowns as well folks Listen, it was a brilliant performance by Seattle as they commanded respect, like I said, not only by air, but also by sea. It was one by sea and two by air. Actually, there was no rushing touchdown. Actually, where did that touchdown come from? That other one? It must have been on... Actually, it must have been sent to another wide receiver. That's five. But two of them That was over 100 And one by One by feet Over 100 as well Next up we had Detroit going to Oakland And It was Detroit versus Oakland I, I, I feel like Oakland right now is taking a Dallas formula Out of Like Dallas formula of football Is that We're gonna be 
a 50-50 ball club, semi-relevant, keep you on the fence, at least keep you, like, if we're not winning, we're going to keep you thinking that we're going to be winning, right? Just kind of keep you right there on the precipice every single year because that's really where Oakland is. They won 24-31, to and I don't really got much to say. I mean, they, they, they did join the Bludgeon Brothers Club. As they got Josh Jacobs, that ball 28 times for 120 yards and two touchdowns. Oh, next up, folks, we had that bad man. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers taking on NFL's Big Poppy, Phillip Rivers. And listen, Big Poppy, the, the unpullout Poppy, right? The cream pie king. <laughs> <laughs> He broke character again as he was able to pull out a W. The only thing he's able to pull out lately. Listen, he used to have a problem not even pulling those out, but now he's actually now, now he's actually learning how to pull out of something, and that's at least a W. Folks, the LA Chargers win 11 to 26. Mike William gets that ball three times for 111 yards. Next up, and folks, these are all games I was wrong. I thought Green Bay was gonna beat the Clippers, but nope. You know what Phillip Rivers also pulled out? He also pulled out the upset. Next up, we had the Cleveland Browns taking on Denver. And I thought for once, Cleveland may finally be finding their groove. They still, Stella may be finally getting something back. But that was not the case as for the Cleveland Browns. Denver just doesn't make Cleveland lose. But they also make the pastry chef, the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, lose his hair did you see what happened to this guy's beard as it went through the game he went from having a full-grown beard to having to having love handles not love handles but but uh, handlebars to just having a regular old beard like i mean mustache literally just a mustache went, went from a beard to love handles to a mustache he literally lost his hair throughout the game no one understand what happened there. Denver Broncos find their running back, Noah Faint. Sorry, their wide receiver, Noah Faint, three times, 115 yards, one touchdown. <laughs> and the probably the upset of the evening, folks. The upset of the evening, which which was a which is a hell of a game. I'm talking about it was like like we're talking about like school had to be in. Because the Baltimore Ravens, they, they partied like rock stars all over the New England Patriots. Um, and we're talking about, we, we, and, and even as we picked New England to win this game, we were wrong for picking New England to win this game. We talked about, listen, the, the sweet thing about being wrong here is that New England lost. And, it, and we recalled about, we, talk, we talked about it last week. About their tight end talking about oh, offensive lineman, whoever it was. About New England Patriot has never seen anybody like Lamar Jackson. So they never prepped for them. So while it sounded like he was being a little braggadocious, he, he backed it up with, with his logic. And his logic proved to be right. The New England Patriots has never seen anybody like Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson puts on his best steaming Willie Beeman impression, right? And he, they start off in the first quarter, seventeen to nothing, and it was and it was in the first quarter of seventeen to nothing of a very impressive game. 
with which they won 37 to 20 behind 15 touches by Mark Ingram for 115 yards, right? It was in that first quarter that even if Baltimore won that game, and I, and I, I was like, yo, they're having a great game. Like, even if they win this game, like, you know, you know what's crazy? They're going to get blown out the next time they play. And if you don't understand what I'm talking about, you're probably thinking in your head, they don't play twice this season. Or where on the schedule does the New England Patriots play the Baltimore Ravens again? And that's where you need to realize that I'm talking about when they play them in the playoffs. Baltimore Ravens are back into my top five. Which we'll probably talk about on Wednesday when we have our guest on. I actually need to text our guest. Say like 10 o'clock. But you have to understand that the game looked like a game by the by the halftime again. And then Lamar Jackson has kept on doing his thing and, and kept on looking like steaming Willie Beeman. Literally. The best thing that we've seen since since Michael Vick. But bigger. Probably what RJ RG I I I thought he was. I I I Right? Like Lamar Jackson literally parted like a rock star. He sounds like a rock star. Even when he's humble, he sounds like a humble rock star. Like I may just start calling him the humble rock star Lamar Jackson. That's exactly what he is. They found a way to beat the New England Patriots 20 to 37. Now, the sad thing about, like I said, this is a good victory for them this year, right? Or for the season. They get to improve their record. They get to keep themselves in playoff contention. Which which is big, which is really what was the big thing more than anything else. They get to keep themselves in playoff contention. Only losing twice this season, right? And one of them aren't to the Patriots. New England Patriots take a loss. New England Patriots fall to 8 and 1. They start looking like more strikable distance now. Especially if you're a team with only two losses. All you got to figure is that now when the New England Patriots go to the second half of their season and start playing real teams and not the New York Jets and not the Miami Dolphins and not the Cincinnati Bengals, not the Dallas Cowboys. Come on, the Dallas Cowboys still lost to the New York Jets. Which means that every single team the Dallas Cowboys beat this season unless they played the New York Jets head to head already I'm gonna look at them and be like the Jets could have beat you technically the Jets did beat you when Dallas beat you because the Jets beat Dallas I, I can stretch it out that far fandom's a crazy thing Lamar Jackson and listen and Ed Baltimore Ravens, all all in all, the defense, the offense, the different the different looks that New England threw at Lamar Jackson. Like, uh, like I said, this game is a game to be admired. Let's not take it away from him. Watch this game. Look at it carefully. Praise him for it. Now you understand why a lot of players, a lot of in people. We're calling in during the draft before the draft of that a couple years ago 
and wondering why Lamar Jackson wasn't being talked about more. You know, why a lot of people called in and was, ta and was talking about why Lamar Jackson isn't being thought about more or higher. Now we start to get to see what they what these guys were talking about. And for the guy that reached for Mitchell Trubisky, can you imagine if you had that kind of defense behind Lamar Jackson? Because that's what Baltimore has, that kind of defense behind Lamar Jackson. They're 6-2. and two. Could you imagine having that kind of defense behind Deshaun Watson? Because we thought they had that kind of defense behind Deshaun Watson, and they're 6-3. and 6-3. Like, could you imagine the kind of defense Chicago has and you had that kind of defense or that team behind Patrick Mahomes? Because Patrick Mahomes doesn't have that kind of defense. And he's also 6-3. and three. The Chicago Bears are 3-5. and five. So while every single quarterback picked ahead of Mitchell Trubisky has twice as many wins as him this year. There we go. That's actually it. <laughs> I'm just saying. We did, There was a reason why people talk about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has the same amount of wins. He has twice as many wins. As well as well the rest of them do. Twice as many wins as the number two draft pick, right? Or number one quarterback. And he has just as many wins as the other two quarterbacks ahead of him. And you can honestly say, like, listen, for what Kansas City doesn't have on defense, they have from the rest from, from this coaching period. And Baltimore, you can't say that they don't have good coaching because they got good coaching and a good culture. They got one of the Harbaugh boys. So, you know what this is, right? This is officially the end of this special edition of the Mighty Sports Podcast. I'm, I'm being your host, the one on Tyler Tomartel. If you've been listening, that means you've been listening live, which I always appreciate because there's only one way to really listen live, and that's on MightySports.net. But if you're not listening live, that means you're catching one of the many places you can always catch the re-airs at. That's either on TuneIn Radio, you know, Podbean, Spotify, YouTube, sometimes, probably not this one, MixLR, Google Play, and a bevy of other places. Just go look at it. And if anything else, just remember, you can also listen to the re-air on a page on my, web, uh, my website. So go to MightySports.net. Go to my podcast page, and you can also hear you can also hear all of the old episodes as well. They'll be there. Actually, these will be right there on the front page. They will always be there. You always have a way to hear all all the all the most current shows right here on the podcast, right here on the website, mytsports.net. And you know what? It's late. It's coming up on eleven o'clock. It's about my time. I'm done here. That's the rest of the show. Thank you for listening. 
please remember, please remember, as, as you already know, right? This is one one shot, one take, all thrill, right? As we used to have a say, used to have a say, a saying in the military, like one shot, one kill. In production, as I'm doing this for you, this is one shot, one take, one, all thrill. Just remember that. But please. For everybody that needs it, for those that don't, and just and even for the ones that think it's a, ch- a catchy phrase, right? Because it means something to somebody. And one of the things that it definitely does mean is that let the optimism of tomorrow be your foundation for today. This is Donald Thomas Taylor, the Brooklyn Buzzsaw. Yo! With the Mighty Sports Podcast. And I'm out of here. Sorry, boys. All the stitches in the world can't sew me together again. Also thought to get a tipsy. Lay down. Lay down. Always knew I'd make a stop there. But a lot later than the Lakers are number one in the West with a 5 1 record. Last call for Philadelphia is still undefeated. Bars closing down. 5 0. Sun's out. The Miami Heat are 5 1. Where are we going for breakfast? We got two incredible rookies. I just have to talk about none and hero. It's amazing what's going on in the NBA. We gonna get into the Lakers, Minnesota, Clippers, Dallas, Denver, Phoenix, San Antonio. My T.